there is usually a direct correlation between the amount of time a seller spends preparing for the transaction and then the price ultimately paid for the business and how much value is extracted. All right, for just like anything in life, the more you prepare, the better off you'll be. But in this scenario, and when it comes to selling your business, this could be the most important kind of decision that changes the outcome of your life. And businesses in general are a large asset outside of maybe homes um, and like some super luxury cars. Like the selling a business has the most flexible room where the impressions, the financials, both every factor matters in a business. For uh, everything can only help you and and hurt you as well if you don't have it. So, for example, if you're thinking about selling your company and you don't have a website, like in today's world, like what are you doing? You know, get a damn website. Like things like this need to be said because you can just increase the value of your business so much. You know, now don't get me wrong. If you're a, like, there's a whole set of opportunistic buyers out there that are looking for sellers that don't have a lot of good stuff together. They don't have their house in order because then they know that when they buy the business, if they professionalize it and fix it up and get a damn website and you know do the things the right way, that the business can make a lot more money. So you know, in general though, what I usually recommend clients and those people who are interested in M&A and getting the most valuation they can out of their business, that you have to just prepare for it, right? So. You need to, there's so many, first, you obviously have to go through the spectrum of ideas of when you want to sell, and it's usually better to sell when things are going well, all right? That way you're not desperate, you're not running out of time. The problem is that a lot of sales end up happening too late, and, and it would happen with me, you know, honestly, both my companies. Like, I probably, I've le left seven figures, millions of dollars on the table because I didn't sell the company that I should have, that I eventually did anyway, um, at the valuation that they should have been at when things were going up, right? And so it's always important to kind of keep that in mind. And it's tough because it's like, you know, when things are going up, it's probably, you know, you think you're onto something, you think you're a genius. Like, it's not really the time to take chips off the table. And a lot of, you know, society teaches us to go all in. And in general, you're having fun with it. You know, I know when my businesses were peaking, when I was doing almost $7 million on MSV in 2020, like, um, the issue that was happening was that I was so into it and things were going well because of the passion and energy I put into it. But then I look to sell it or another business or other people will be selling their business once things are drying up, when they've been out of it for a year um, and no longer interested in it and things are getting messy. It would just be, you know, I, I keep going back to the house analogy, but I think it's just easy to relate. Like, you know, you can't, it's going to be worse off selling a house that was left abandoned for six years versus one that is active and engaged with. Yes, you got to clean it up a little bit, but then I think you can get a much more interest in selling it because you're going on a good trajectory. Also, from a valuation standpoint, a lot of buyers want to look at the last three months revenue, last six months revenue, and more sophisticated buyers will ask you for years worth of financials anyway, but you never know, right? You never know the type of buyer that's acquiring you, um, especially if we're talking about like, you know, you're buying a company or selling a company for less than a million dollars. Like there's not that much sophistication in the space. It's a lot more different than private equity, which is buying at, you know, $10 million plus into the hundreds, into the billions. But, um, you know, I'm going to kind of specialize 
into those types of sales too. But for this episode, I want to just talk about in general how to prepare to sell your business for the highest valuation, right? This can be life-changing money and just doing some tweaks and doing the right preparations and going over some of the steps that I'm going to talk about in this episode can be the difference between if you get $2 million for your business or $5 million or 20000 or 150000 right? Those are still dramatically different you know, amounts of money that can really benefit you. And once you sell, like you can only kind of sell a business once, like that business, right? That percentage of equity. Um, you know, one of my business partners and future colleagues is going to be somebody, is somebody who basically sold his company multiple times. Um, I think he states that he sold it like nine times essentially. And the way he did that was because he sold it at multiple different periods and also did spinoffs and divestitures and partner buyouts. And, you know, there was different kind of mixes of sales. But in general, ultimately, you want to just be in a great position and really just, you know, means like take your game up a notch, like professionalize yourself. You need to think about just like how you, you know, when people are trying to sell a house, they stage it and get good lighting and get good photos and have a good description. And that's basically the same thing that you need to do with your business. All right. You need to look at it. I know um, I was reading this book by Andrew Sherman. It's basically mergers and acquisitions from A to Z, you know, great guide in general. And probably some, you know, I've learned a lot from him. So I probably relay some of this information in this podcast, but in general, go get that book. Uh, I'm not affiliated with him in any way, though. I just uh, respect his work and uh, learn from him in the first place. So, um, you know, what he talks about, though, is what's called an EOTB analysis, conducting a thorough EOTB analysis. And EOTB means eyes of the buyer. All right, what is the buyer going to see when the due diligence veil is removed? And really, what value drivers will they see? So he talks about like um, when you're conducting this EOTV analysis, you have to understand that you have to kind of pitch it and position the company to answer like how does the acquisition of your company solve a problem or create a significant opportunity for somebody else, right? So what you need to really think about is how can you position the business so it adds value to the buyer's business, right? To whatever they want to do. How do we strengthen their core capabilities or revenue streams, right? This is what a buyer is going to be thinking about your business. And so preparing the sale of the company and getting it all ready is key. It's like, you know, you want to take the necessary steps to prepare the company for sale so that it can get you the most value and the best bang for your buck. So there's really, you also have to think about putting together a small team for this. It's very difficult for you to do everything yourself. Um, So one of the most important steps in the preparation process is to select a team of advisors to help you orchestrate the sale, right? So um, there's some key people that you might need depending on, and it depends on how big the business is. Right. So, for example, if you're like less than 100,000, it's probably just going to be you and your partner or partners uh, that are going to determine this. Right. It's it's too small for like an investment banker. Right. And the deal in general is going to have more velocity. But if you're, you know, if your business is selling for anything, I would say in the million plus range, um, you'll want to talk to at least a business broker, probably anything in the five dollar range over five million dollar range over. I would honestly say a million dollars because it could still save you hundreds of thousands of dollars. But you want to bring an investment banker in if the sale of the company is for like, a, I would say even a million or higher, 
You know, most people would be like the hard rule would be like, I've heard some people even say 50 million, but there's levels of investment bankers in the first place. All right. An investment banker, you know, as fancy as it might sound, it's basically a business, a higher echelon business broker. They're like more skilled, more qualified potentially, or they have a different specialty, but they specialize in the sales of large businesses. So 50 million plus in revenue and EBITDA, 10 million plus. But it's basically because they cost a lot. They're going to cost you like six figures, like 100000 200000 It's It's variant based upon the amount of work they do or the deal that they cut, whether it's an hour or usually they have kind of like a fixed percentage that they take of this from the sale of the business. But, um, you know, ultimately the team that you have has to be able to understand your motivation, your goals, and like your post-closing objectives, right? So you also want them to be familiar with trends in the industry because different industries operate differently. So just because you know somebody who like had a good sale or operated well in the construction business, like you have to just keep that in mind when you're going to sell your company that if it's in a different industry, if you're in tech and they're in construction, that doesn't necessarily mean that the, uh, like just because they've been successful in construction doesn't mean that that advice is going to carry over necessarily for your industry. So Obviously, the protocols and the systems and the procedures like, you know, the process of selling the company and dealing with the paperwork and the documentation and the data room and, and, and all the steps I'm going to talk about. Yes, that'll probably stay the same. But in general, the multiples of an industry are different. The TAM, the um, kind of modifiers to the purchase price will all be determined uh, differently in, in different industries. So you need to have somebody with experience with that. And and really now that I've been in M&A and I see it every day, like it really just makes things so much better and more comfortable if you have somebody experienced in it. And it's just because like I've seen so many deals now versus somebody who hasn't, like you just don't know what's out there. Like for example, I just bought my first house and for some, I would, I would have bought it years ago. I should have bought a house five years ago and I'm not here to have the talk between, um, you know, the ROI of a house versus liability, whatever, but more so that I was just intimidated by the procedure of buying a house. And so I never t did it in the first place, but now knowing and gone through the pr process, it's not that difficult. And obviously you need to have certain things in place. And for some people that don't have everything prepared, it might be difficult, but you know, it's actually something that if you have somebody that's going through it and that does it on a consistent basis, find somebody even in transaction advisory services in lower mid market like you want to have someone with the level of experience that has exposure to the type of transaction size that you're going to deal with depending on like how big your company is so again there's different brackets if you're looking to you know the the multiple i'm i'm going to actually make a note to do a whole um whole episode on business valuation and multiples right because that's probably a key thing people are always wondering about like hey how much is my business worth you know and how does it get like valued by external people so that's an important thing to know but um the investment banker right or the financial advisor they are your counsel for you as the seller on issues related to say like market dynamics trends potential targets valuation pricing deal structure and so he or she would basically assist the seller in understanding the market. And because they've done it before, you know, they can help you identify and contact prospective buyers, right? So that's why maybe you would want to bring in an investment banker, uh, depending on the size of, of, of the sale of your business and you can afford them. 
then they have the expertise, they have the connections, they have the power to be able to negotiate and evaluate offers, right? Because they've seen it on a consistent basis, right? You as the founder, you're just focusing on buying, I mean, sorry, building your company. Whereas these guys on a day-to-day, their operations, they're seeing companies being bought and sold left and right and talking to buyers and talking to sellers and figuring out their problems and seeing what comes up often. So have, you know, that person, have a CPA. Um, you know, I can always help out, reach out to me. Um, you can text me, 516-417-4941. Um, or you can just look at line. You want someone that has like transaction advisory uh, experience because they'll basically advise on two, a few things. They'll advise on the tax implications of the structure, right? So you as a seller, you want to be protected. Um, you want to have the best transaction for you with the least amount of taxes so you can keep the most amount of dollars in your pocket, right? So that's why it's super important to kind of consult with the CPA. Obviously, lawyers, legal, you know, you're going to have a transactional attorney. They're going to be responsible for like a wide variety of duties like um, in all the pre-sale corporate housekeeping, right? Cleaning up corporate records, developing strategies for dealing with the shareholders, um, cleaning up all your contracts. They're going to work with the investment banker and the CPA in evaluating the offers, in kind of putting together the sale. So there's a lot of intricacies that goes into the sale of a business. Um, and so you want the right professional services team. Now, again, the cool thing, though, is that when you're dealing with this, right, one important thing to note is a lot of these types of accountants and lawyers and investment bankers will defer the actual charge of their fees until the deal actually happens, right? And God forbid the deal doesn't happen, then they sometimes give you a little bit of a discount in it. Yes, you'll still owe them a larger amount of money when you get into the next deal, but those deal fees and everything, that is... An, Another idea for another episode is deal fees and transaction fees. So just like in real estate where you have to play closing and that ends up being like, hey, like ends up being 10 to 20 to 30,000 depending on, you know, where you are and what's going on. So that's just another thing to keep in mind. So that's step one. Um, there is a ton that I need to go through for the sale of a business and I prepare your business for sale. So I'm going to basically do an episode around each concept so stay tuned subscribe and i'll see you guys in the next episode and finally if you have any questions as always feel free to reach out to me at mubarak my first name which is m-u-b-a-r-a-k at shah s-h-a-h business cpa.com hope to hear from you soon take care